Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulted Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulted Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Today's guest has the most amazing initials of life. I have to start with that. Even though we aren't related, let me tell you about April Garcia. She's an international business advisor, performance coach. She's a speaker on productivity and strategy. She's the host of the April Garcia's Pivot Me podcast and creator of the Breakthrough Digital Course on Time Management and Productivity Multiply Me. She is hailed as the business advisor you'd love to have a beer with. I love that. April, welcome to the Catapult to Commissions podcast. Thank you so much, Anthony. I'm super excited to be here. No, we're not related, but um, we've got the best last name ever. So I'm glad to be here. 100%. Glad to have you here. So April, let's just start with some fun here. If I was to have a beer with you, what would be the beer of choice? Oh, damn. I didn't see that one coming. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so not hoppy. I'm just going to say that. Okay. You know, I don't know. I feel like I could do a Guinness stout. It might be because it's cold weather here and there's mm-hmm. something about a stout when it's cold. So I'm going to go with that. Guinness Good. stout. There's nothing wrong with a Guinness stout. I'm I'm probably a, a Pilsner person. <laughs> That's a summer beer. That's a yeah, summer beer. I, you know... <laughs> A year round for me. I mean, we're, I'm from California. It's always summer. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> so, so April, I love. Thanks for having you on the show. You know, one of the things that that I really am fascinated with, right? We talk. You've built a course on time management and productivity, mm-hmm. and I, I will tell you this: the Catapulted Commissions family is struggling with one thing. We have gone right. We're not going to talk about the whole COVID impact and all of that, right? Because sure. we, we've talked about that, but we have gone from a sales model that says we're going to go out, we're going to prospect on Mondays from this time to this time. We're going to go mm-hmm. visit prospects. We're going to present to now we've transitioned to being in front of a screen way more than we've ever had before. For sure. And and I would argue that salespeople are, aren't really good at time management. Like mm-hmm. for the, for the most part, it's not something that comes natural to us. So can, can you give us, I'd love to hear your thought and perspective on the clients you work with. What are some of the, challenges you see with the time management they either have or don't have? And how do you advise them to get over that? Yeah, great question. And so relevant to today. So there's a couple pieces to that. So when you say salespeople maybe aren't so good at time management, it depends on the salesperson. So if you're an outside salesperson and suddenly you're shoved inside, we don't tend to do well with that. Like we kind of freak out a little bit. We can feel like caged animals. So I, I worked in sales. I trained salespeople all over the world. And what I found was that outside people are supposed to be outside and inside people, well, they, they adapt pretty well to inside. So that, that's a struggle, right? So if you're outside, you're like, all right, I need to set, see whatever your call goal is. Like I need to see 10 people a day and I'm just going to walk and talk and get my 10 calls 
you know, it depends on the industry. Um, inside sales, it might be a certain amount of dial outs. That can be challenging in the environment that we are today. Whenever sort of how we're used to doing business gets turned over and it definitely got turned over, the puzzle box is definitely turned over, to put it back together, we got to do things a little bit different. So when I sit down with someone and they're like, all right, everything's changed. Now I'm remote. Now I'm now I'm not seeing my clients face-to-face or I'm restricted on how many clients I can see face-to-face. You've got to put some time management techniques in place to make sure that you're still productive. And which brings up another point. If you're not used to being remote and suddenly you're remote, that's a huge jump. Everybody wants to be remote until they are remote. And I, I would say until you've been remote for a period of time, and then you're like, shit, it's hard to focus because you can see the dishes, like your dog's right there and it wants to be pet. And so all the things that are barking for your attention, it can be really challenging to focus. So we're like, oh, we don't have a commute. That's perfect. I get to wear sweatpants or yoga pants, whatever on the bottoms, Um, business on the top, casual on the bottom. It sounds good, but if we're not careful, our productivity can drop. Now, what I've seen happen um, in this climate is that to compensate for the fact that our productivity has dropped, we work more hours. And so people are like, well, I'm producing the same amount, but their hours have gone up two hours a day, an hour a day, because they're making up for the difference. And what's causing that is that we're distracted. So if, if you want, Anthony, I can talk you through some of the things to do to help with that distraction so people aren't working those extra long days. I, I would love to hear that. And, and as you say that, I, I think about, myself right and mm-hmm. and so i i will use myself as the as the guinea pig here and I'll, i won't blame my catapulting commission's family but i fall sure. in line with him in this category that yeah dude i totally get distracted i i mean i have a polo on and sweats on the bottom right now yep. and my wife is coming home soon and she told me to ensure that i put the laundry away in the middle of the day and so i'm oh, like boy. yeah i'm gonna do that and if i don't right my wife's upset that's bad if, that's bad right 100 <laughs> and if i don't if i don't make my calls if I don't do my prospecting mm-hmm. then I don't generate revenue so it's sure. I combine that right there's a basketball game on a night somebody calls you wants to know what your thoughts are on the Super Bowl mm-hmm. this weekend and it's just left and right so there's all these distractions so how do I how do I get out of this how like what am I doing wrong it's a re- it's a good point so what you're what you're doing wrong is what most people are doing wrong so first let me just say if you struggle with this you're not alone. Um, there's a couple of things that we do. So remember the time blocking days, right? So if you're in inside sales, you probably still do this, right? So you set a certain amount of time where you're going to be focused on, say, outbound calls. We'll just say it was like inside sales and you time block from 9 to 11. Well, that still applies at home. So when you're when you're setting up your day, you need to think about what are the revenue generators in your day and you need to put them at the beginning of your day, just like you would if you were in an office, because otherwise our days become reactive. So I encourage people that even if they're sitting at home and they're not, they don't, they're not forced into the structure, you still have to create the structure for you or else your day will get longer just so you can mm. produce the same amount of results. So let's just say we're time blocking from nine to 11. So yeah, you got to put in the laundry for your wife, but not between these critical hours. So mm. that's, that's the scheduling piece, right? So if time management, okay, we schedule it. Show, show me your schedule, show me your bank account and I'll tell you what's important to you. So as long as it shows up your schedule, great. But if you sit down, Anthony, and you're trying to focus on anything for two hours, there's a good chance you are going to get distracted. We can't pay attention to a Hollywood blockbuster for two hours and there's explosions and sex scenes to keep our attention. And yet we're still checking our phone and maybe getting a snack. So (laughs) you're not going to pay attention to that proposal you've got to get out for two hours. 
So here's a super practical tip. In fact, I'm just going to say this. We started this right away. If you remember nothing of what I say on time management, remember this. The solution to distraction is creating focus. And a way that you can create focus is by using the Pomodoro technique. Now in Multiply Me in my course, we talk about the multi, the, um, the modified Pomodoro technique and it's this. So I've time blocked two hours to get an important job done, whether that's outbound calls, whether that's getting your proposal or contracts out. And then what I want you to do is I want you to set a timer, not on your phone, because the second you touch your phone, you're going to get sucked into that vortex. They're designed for that, right? So if you're working on a laptop, I like this to be the first tab of your internet browser. At any point during the day, if you were to see my laptop or my team's laptop, the first tab is always internet browser with a timer. You're going to set a timer and it's going to be for 20 minutes or less. Now, it doesn't mean that the task you're doing is only going to take 15 minutes. All that timer is doing is managing your attention. And here's what's going to happen the first time you do it. You're going to sit down and go, I'm going to get this contract over to this client. And you're going to set the timer for 15 minutes and you're going to start working on it. And when that timer is going to go off, you're going to have forgotten about it and you're going to be off task. Every time you have, you've gotten off task, whether that's someone's coming and distract you an external distraction or whether this, this three pound organ right here is wildly effective at district. You're like, did I schedule my dentist appointment? Did I send out that email? What time? When's my kids dentist? So like, you're going to start thinking about those things. So setting a timer and focusing only one task during a time blocking session is one of the best ways to combat distraction from working from home. I can give you more, but I want to like let that sit for a second. No, I, it makes total sense, right? As focusing on one task, as as a person who's a people manager, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've sat with. I'm going to execute this one task mm-hmm. for you know. Let's say I, let's say I'm going to help my rep who covers Denver, and I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna sit here, I'm gonna work on you. We're we're gonna put this task together. Sure. And my rep who in San Diego calls with an urgent need. Which sure. nine out of ten times really isn't that urgent, but it yep. is, and now yep. it's distracted me. And yeah, I just and I, you're off on a rabbit trail, right? Hundred, hundred. I I go from yep. there to there to totally. looking at the sports game for the weekend to next thing you know, I'm like I've done nothing. Oh, an hour just passed. Great, you forgot Can't get that what you're even back. supposed to do. So, and there's a way that I combat that too. So, so time blocking probably again, time blocking is you're setting a chunk of time and you're only focusing on one task. So that's kind of old school time blocking with a new school spin to it. But here is the other thing that I really recommend people do. Okay. Actually, let me take a step back. So with time blocking, here's the way to do that effectively. So I'm, I talked about managing your attention during that time blocking period, but here's the other piece you need to know. If you're managing teams, if you've got teams out in the field, if, you, if, if you've got people that are going to need your attention, which who doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. The key to managing that aspect, it's, it's managing the people aspect, is setting expectations. So what do I mean by that? You cannot effectively time block and expect people to leave you alone if you have not communicated it to them and communicate when they can have your attention back. So that's whether it's your spouse, whether that's your team. If, if, if everybody knows Anthony's offline from nine to 10, cause he's getting reports out, he's getting reviews out, whatever it is, there's this critical task that Anthony's got to get done in the morning. 
if you've got some kind of company messaging, whether that's, you know, Slack or Teams or some way that everyone communicates, you have to have yourself as unavailable. If you don't use, if it's a small organization and you don't have some kind of company communication tool, it might just be, just so you know, every day from nine to 10, I'm unavailable. If you expect, if you're trying to set the expectations for your team to give you the space to be productive, they need to know when they can have your attention. And I'll just tell you for those, cause we're kind of in a weird climate right now. If you got kids at home, this works with kids too. You can't just say not now, honey, I'm busy. That doesn't work for kids. It's see, see when it's 10 o'clock. That's when I can answer your question. I can't answer it till then. And so it's just managing the expectations of others to be effective at time blocking. Ooh, 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 so much. Yeah. Like I feel like a horrible father when I'm like, Hey, not today, not right now. Like, can't can't get to it and you know the faces are always like mm, right yeah but if i sure. if i if i said in advance yeah because i mean you know kids are home now much more i mean yeah. you know they're here in the mornings they're here in the afternoons if they for have sure. a half day or educational day i don't, I don't they <laughs> seem there's there's like always yesterday. a holiday for, yes educational like, day i was like what about like, the parents that work but yes totally so yeah I, I, I love how you take that approach on your scheduling and, and the time blocking approach we we were taught that many years ago in sales. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, this is your phone block. This is prospecting time. Yep. But somewhere along the lines, like I feel like I didn't I don't I didn't intentionally not value my time, but that's what happened. I just didn't value my time. I was like, sure. oh I, you know, and, and I had a false sense of security because commissions were good from the last month or I was yeah. already making my sales. So I'm like, ah. Yeah. And you can have bad habits and get by for a little bit, but eventually you can. The, you, you're going to get caught. Like eventually it and, runs out. And your day expands too. So, so you can have bad habits, but if you don't do, okay, here's my prospecting time. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, damn it, I'm supposed to get 10 calls out and I didn't. And then you're like hustling at 4.30 first, you're probably not going to catch someone. But second, your day then just expanded. So part of me teaching time management and productivity, it's to get your ass out of work on time. Like you got other things to do in your life. Like I want you to be in the life that you are providing for. And so mm. that requires some discipline and some structure. And, you know, sometimes us salespeople and this true of entrepreneurs as well, sometimes we, we push against that structure and discipline, but there's freedom in it um, if, we, if we set that up. So managing that expectation and the expectation with ourselves and then staying focused for that small chunk of time. The, the other thing I'll add is um, Parkinson's law, which is that work expands for the time that we've allotted to complete it. So like, if you're like, ah, oh, I've got three hours to get this contract in, well, it's probably gonna take you the full three hours. It's just like when you're in college and you're like, I got six weeks for a term paper yeah. and somehow it takes six weeks, right? So if we kind of compress those times, we tend to be more productive. Otherwise our days stretch out. I mean, the average American worker wastes over two hours of productivity a day, wastes two hours a day. And oh my goodness. I, so if you're, if you're a sales leader, if you're a leader, you're, you should hear that and go, damn it, that's a lot of productivity wasted. But here's the flip side. What else could you be doing with those two hours? Like, are you going to miss your kid's soccer game because you weren't efficient with your time? When you actually, you know, put some teeth to what those two hours mean, it starts to hurt a little bit. And you're like, all right, I'm going to do the thing that I need to do so I can get out of work on time. The idea is for you to get these record-breaking sales, encourage your team to get those, but then also get out of work and be able to do the other stuff they love. 
Okay, I like it. But help me here. This makes total sense. Okay. But if I'm going to do this and mm-hmm. I'm going to set this up, is this as simple as like my calendar on my phone? Is this an Excel? Is there a program sure. you recommend? I mean, because yeah. I hear this and I want to hear your take before I tell you my thoughts on some of the programs. So is yep. there? how do you recommend I set this up? There's a couple of things that I also want to mention the one thing here in a second. So first, the first step, Anthony, is you need to know with absolute clarity what matters most in your day. Okay. I'm amazed at how, so as someone who works in high performance and as a business advisor, a lot of people sit down and they want to know how to climb the ladder faster. And I don't mean the corporate matter ladder. I mean, get to success. They want to jam on the gas to success and they can't tell me where the hell they're going. Well, more money. I want more money. Everybody wants more money. Well, it's not really a destination. And so First, I encourage people to go, what matters most in your day? And for some of us, that means we have to lean out like three years in the future and go, let's define success from there. And then we work backwards from there. So if you're in sales, that's usually fairly easy to to define, right? So I have to do outbound sales calls. I have to get X amount of contracts over or proposals over. So step one, know what matters most in your day. Step two, Put that at the beginning of your day because most of us spend our work day being reactive. If you start your day, Anthony, and you go, I'm going to start my day, let's see what's important, and you go in your inbox, you're not running your business. Your business is running you. Your inbox is not filled with your priorities. Sometimes it's a client coming back, but a lot of times it's admin work. These are all necessary evils for sure. But most likely what's in your inbox isn't driving your business forward. It's maintaining your current business. So set the priority of what matters most during your day. And here's, here's the key thing. I have this concept in Multiply Me where I talk about that you have to get your one thing, the most important thing that drives your business forward, again, not maintains your existing business, drives your business to that next level. You have to get it done by 9.27 a.m. And, and what I say in the course is this, you know, you know, Milton from office space, like the guy uh-huh. that wants to light yeah. the building on fire. Well, what I say is that Milton's coming to your office or your home office, maybe, mm-hmm. and he's going to light the building on fire. And your one thing is the thing that you're like, damn, I'm glad I got that one thing done. Like you should know the thing that you're really happy got done before Milton showed up. And the problem is many people put the most important things in their day at the end of their day. They get in this reactive mode, like firefight. How many of us are guilty? I, mean, I know I have been of firefighting. Well, I got a guy in the field and he's got this problem. Well, I've got to answer back and I've got three emails from this one person. Man, that seems really important. We have to recognize the most important things in our business. Don't bark the loudest. It might be someone who really wants our attention, but it's not really what's going to move our business forward. We've got to do the things that move our business forward at the beginning of the day, not at the end of the day. At the end of the day, we got decision fatigue. We got all these things that we're trying to respond to. Your day is going to tackle you. So if you put it at the front of your day, it doesn't matter what happens afterwards. You know, you got the most important thing done by 9.27 a.m. I will tell you this. I'm going to do that. Like 100%. <laughs> That makes that makes total sense. And and sure. what you said, you you said what matters most in your day, right? Like it, it just mm-hmm. break it down. I, I look at that and I look at my days and, and I think about okay, what matters most today? And I've sure. done one hundred percent I've done exactly what you said. In the beginning, I'm like, ah, I gotta get some bunch of other stuff. I'm gonna completely dedicate yep. the afternoon distraction free and I'm gonna gonna get this done. Well there there is no distraction no free afternoon. No yeah. Way. Yeah. And then 
And then it quickly turns into, ah, you know what? This isn't due for another week and a half. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to do it. And it just keeps yep. just keeps punning and punning. And, and I feel good because I'm like, oh, I'm going to write this on my tomorrow's to-do list. And it just keeps moving along and moving along. So, yeah, get get it Absolutely. done. But how you approach the day is like what's the most important part of the day? I, I yeah. think I think Catapult and Commissions family, like you as a sales professional – you got to look at your day in that same capacity. What's mm-hmm. what's the one thing that I have to do today to make today a victory? I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite questions I ask in an interview when I'm interviewing salespeople. Like, hey, what has to happen for today to be a victory? Just give me your definition. There's no right or wrong yeah. answer. It just tells me how you think about your day. So yeah, I, I that's like great that. Clarity. That's great. And you asked about the mechanics of like, is it an app? Do you write it down? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways that you can do this. And and what I I try to teach people when I teach people the multiply me method, I try to make it app free book free, journal free. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love those things too. I, I love my planners and things like that. But literally, if you're using a planner, every day you should define the one thing. So every planner, every journal, whether that's a calendar you're using, Outlook, I, I prefer the old school planners. I still like those. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I have the Outlook, I still like copy down what I'm going to do each day. There's some redundancy for an efficiency expert, but here we are. Um, <laughs> but every day I have a section in there. What's my one thing? And I make sure that that one thing gets done at 927. And again, it's not often the most urgent. Those are, it's not the, oh, well, I've gotten four emails from someone. I got to answer that back. It might be, it might be, but before you jump in, see, the problem is a lot of people, Anthony, and I've been guilty of this for years at the, at the, the middle of my career, which is we put our head down and our helmet on. I'm just going to get to it, man. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to execute. I'm going to move through this to-do list. The problem with a to-do list is it's just a collection of items, right? There's no prioritization in there. And so there's nothing wonderful about, well, I just knocked out 20 things that didn't need to get done, but there's something freaking elegant about getting the one thing done first thing in the morning. And then the rest of the day can happen. So you have to have the clarity in your business. You have to know what what you have to define what success was the most important thing. Now, again, if we're in sales, it's usually pretty easy. Like we make it convoluted, but it's not, it's all right. How many, how many prospects did you talk to during the day, for example? And that's all got to go at the beginning of your day. And so if you're using a planner, it should always say, what's my one thing. And it needs to be handled before 927 AM. Now, who holds you accountable to that? Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? So <laughs> you don't have a boss, right? Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. So, you know, there's there's lots of ways that can, there's lots of ways I've seen it done. Ultimately, here's the thing. When you look at your results, you know if you did it or not. Mm. So you yeah. can hold yourself accountable. Sometimes that doesn't work. So I am a fan of accountability buddies. So this is a problem if you're a boss. This is a problem if you're, you know, a sales rep but have tons of autonomy. No one's looking over your shoulder. That can be challenging even for the most disciplined person because it is very true that what gets measured gets managed. That's the old saying from a long time ago. If you want, imp- imp- uh, I forget the exact phrase, but essentially if you want performance to improve, manage it. You want it to improve exponentially, manage it often. Well, what if nobody's managing us? So 
there's lots of ways that you can do it. Sometimes it's just a checklist of you're, you're checking it off. You know whether you did it or not because there's a check next to my one thing. So again, on my, on my agenda, it says one thing and I know whether I checked it off or not. Some people turn to accountability buddies. Um, again, if you don't have a boss or, or and, and, and just to be clear, this isn't just in sales. This can be, did I get my morning run in? If you want to write mm -hmm. a book, did I get my 500 words in or 100 words? It doesn't matter. Whatever this is, I mean, goals are goals. We, we make it like they're, they're nuanced and they're super hard. No, goals are just project management. Like you set a goal and then you execute on it a little bit each day. So whether we're talking about sales or running your first marathon, it's all the same. And if you're really struggling with this, get an accountability buddy, but there's a, there's a way to do this right. And most mm -hmm. people do accountability buddies wrong. Most people, if they're like, ah, I need to go in the gym in the morning, I'm going to get an accountability buddy. They go get their friend, Steve, who they love having a beer with, but Steve doesn't go to the gym either. And it's like, hey, you want to be my accountability buddy? We'll hold each other accountability. No, like Steve's bad at it. You can't get an accountability buddy that is also struggling with the same thing you struggle with. If you want to run every morning, you need to pair up with your neighbor, Karen, who you see running every freaking morning at 5.30 in the morning, or little Lululemons running down the road. Like run with Karen. Don't run with your buddy, Steve. So when you're, let's just say you're focused on time management. Let's just say you're like, all right, for the next seven days, I'm going to get my one thing done every morning. Pair up with someone that's actually going to do that thing. Don't pair up with someone. Don't get an accountability buddy that's also bad at the thing you're bad at. Yeah. The, the, the guilty. 100% guilty, right? <laughs> right. As you, as you say, where? Yeah. The only way, yeah. I've, I've fallen guilty. I think about the gym, right? Like when I say who's accountability, mm -hmm. I look at it like, if my goal is to lose weight or my goal is to gain muscle, my yep. accountability is like, I didn't do it. Look in the mirror three months down the road, like, crap, I didn't do that. Um, you know, and, and I look at, you know, some, I think about myself and, and, and Tara, who's, who's my assistant, she's the mastermind behind catapulting commissions. I always look at him and say, you know what? I need to start letting her know, like, what's the one thing I'm going to accomplish yes. today? It's a great just, way to just, do it. Just to let her know, like I don't, I don't need you to text me. And, hey, did you do it? But just you know, when we do our weekly recap on what it's okay went well, what didn't go well, it's okay if yeah, she does. Is, let her shake it you is. a little bit, Anthony. <laughs> I will, I will, because I know in in the transition that my business is in right now, my accountability to myself is gonna have to be at an all time high. For sure. So that's where that it was like a self serving question, like you know, who holds you accountable in that space? Yeah, but. But let's go about that day, April. Like, if I'm doing that day, and I, so I have this productive day, and I, I time block everything I need to get done. I'm a sales rep, and I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to spend this time here. I'm not going to get distracted with this. I get it done by 927. Well, what do I do at the end of the day? Like, how do I reflect the end of my day and say, today was a good day? Like, what yeah. should I be doing to wrap up my day? Yeah, I'm so glad that you asked this, Anthony, because there's so many of us that have done this wrong, and I did this wrong for years. So here's what most people do at the end of their day, and right, guilty, I did this for years. At the end of my day, I would, you know, we always start out with two to-do lists that are too long, right? You, we can have the best laid of plans, but, you know, emergencies come up, firefighting has to happen. And so I might have 12 things I really wanted to get done, but there's really only space for six. So here's what most of us do at the end of the day. We look at the six, I think I did my mouth wrong. Did I say 11 things? Anyways, we look at the things that we didn't get done and we reflect on those at the end of the day. And then, and there's a lot of books out there that'll tell you to do this too. And then they're like, all right, and then move all those things to your agenda tomorrow. And you've set up your day and you, you leave your office. 
Here's what happens when you take that advice. You feel shitty at the end of your day. Like every <laughs> every time you leave the office, you're like, well, I didn't get all my stuff done. That was a really ineffective day. Man, I didn't get these five things. There are still five things that didn't get left done. And that's what most people do. I, I mean, I did it for years, right? I'd always looked at like, all right, this is, I thought I was preparing for my next day by looking at everything I didn't get done at the end of the day. That is not what you do at the end of the day, because it's not just about being more productive. I absolutely want you to be more productive, but I also want you to enjoy your life. Like you're working really hard for this life. And I want you to walk out of the office, home office or otherwise, happy with your day, feeling satisfied with your day. And so what I have people do is instead of looking at, you know, at say you leave your office at say 530, right? I don't want you at 515 to be looking at everything you didn't get done. You can reflect on it at around three o'clock, but after that, the last two hours of your day, it needs to not be focused on what didn't get done. You're powering through things, but the last part of your day, the, here's, here's the big switch, right? This is where I take conventional wisdom and throw it on its head. I only want you to focus on what you did get done at the end of your day because mm. it will leave, when you walk out of your office, it's a completely different experience. I mean, just, just try this out for, for two days and you'll see the difference of when you wrap up your day. Most of us are looking at what doesn't get done. When you wrap up your day, reviewing what did get done, you walk out feeling confident. You walk out feeling like a freaking winner. Like I just owned that day. And, and, and that changes your energy for wherever you're about to go. If you're meeting up with friends to have a drink, you're a funner person to be with. Like if you're going to go spend time with your kids, you're a more fulfilled person. You see your spouse, you're happier versus like, how was your day? Oh man, I didn't get these four things. I didn't get done. I knew I needed to make that phone call. I never made that phone call. How many of us are guilty of that? And so just by looking at what, right, just by changing that and focusing on what you did get done, it changes the fulfillment of your day. And this isn't just to placate us, right? I'm not trying to like say poor performance and then I want you to feel good about it. I want you to perform during the day, but I also want you to walk out of the office feeling like a top performer. If I ask a room full of high performers, how many people feel like high performers? Most of them won't raise their hand, and that's because they're entirely focused on what didn't get done in their day instead of what did get done in their day. Mm. Catapults Commission's family. It is okay to look at the successful things you did in the day and acknowledge yourself. I, I it, yeah. It's what you just shared, April, is like a, a self-sabotaging cycle. We're all guilty mm -hmm. of it, right? You said it. I rose my hand, and for those of you that aren't watching the video, like yeah. I, I do it. Hell, I did it yesterday. Like, what didn't I get done? It's just so I, I think about that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to apply this and, and, and change the way I look at my business, change the way I look at the productivity of my organization and say, okay, it's, you know, because let's be honest, nobody gets everything done on their to-do list. Mm -mm. Like, it just, it just doesn't happen. And no. we oftentimes will get paralyzed by looking at what we didn't do. So I, I think that makes total total sense april so I, I i love that man that is that is really good stuff yeah yeah and and just to be clear like when you're saying about like hardly anyone gets everything done on their to-do list mm. you're absolutely right when i sit down with people and they're like you know i just april i, I feel like there's just too much on my to-do list and i lean in close and i say there is you're not going to get it mm. all done which is why actually the the second pillar of the multiply me method is on ruthless prioritization because 
we have to trim that. I mean, it's unwieldy how big it's gotten and, and the, the competing priorities and all the things and the dilution of our priorities. We have to be practicing ruthless prioritization. And really me having you do the one thing at the beginning of the day is a version of that. You're not going to get everything done, but you've got to decide what is going to get done because if you don't choose, it'll be chosen for you. So mm. you've got to practice ruthless prioritization. And I, I use the word ruthless on purpose. It's not like, it's not a pleasant process. There are things you're not going to get done during the day. There might be people you're going to have to let down during the day, but make that a choice because you knew the most important thing. It's got, it's got to be a choice or it's going to be chosen for you. And I want to be control. I, I bet, I bet your uh, listeners do too. Yeah. 100%. I think I, I, I would want to be in control of everything. And if I'm going to take a ruthless prioritization to my business, yeah, yeah, I'd, I don't want to leave that to chance. Yeah, for so, sure. Oh, my goodness. I love that. <laughs> well, April, so look, the multiply me, multiply me method, how does the Catapult Commission's family learn more about you? How, how do they, they hear more about this? I think every sales leader, every high-performing sales professional, every salespreneur who's listening to this show right now, I think it's a great opportunity to self-reflect and say, am I running on all cylinders? Am I efficient in every area of my business? And and here's the thing. Success and efficiency, in my opinion, don't always – it's not the same thing. You can be yeah. successful without being efficient. Yeah. And you can be efficient without being successful. But I think in order to get the ultimate level of success, mm-hmm. you have to have that ultimate level of efficiency. And that's where where we're having this productivity hacks have a significant impact. So April, how does the Catapulting Commission's family find you? Absolutely. So um, probably my website be the easiest. Um, you can find me at the April Garcia, which is where I'm at on all social media platforms. Um, and obviously I host the Pivot Me podcast as well. So we talk about these kinds of things. Um, same idea. And you know, I'm, I'm passionate about getting people to that next level of success but I don't want them to have to work 14 hour days. I've been there, done that, Mm -hmm. spent a lot of years and I lost out on a lot of opportunity because of that. That's why I'm passionate about showing people, you know, it had to get painful enough for me to go, there's gotta be a different way because I was successful, but I was paying so much of, you know, the success tax, right? Like I was working so long and, you know, then I finally realized there's gotta be a better way and I found it. I'm passionate about it. So, um, probably the easiest way is the April Garcia and we can talk more about it. Catapult to commissions family. Do me a favor, go get connected with April Garcia at the April Garcia. And we will have all those links to everything in the show notes. April, thank you for joining the show. This has been a, a beautiful thing for us to hear about because it is something that we all struggle with, but we never want to admit it. So I really love that you you came here and shared that message today. Catapult Commissions family, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment, and I will see you next week. Catapulting Commission's family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commission's, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661 
221-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.